What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Producers Podcast. You're listening to KJ, the producer of The Drive, and you're listening to Ty, who was, um, you know, the producer of one of the greatest radio show hosts probably in the history of Denver sports, Sandy Clough. Ty, yep. how you doing, man? Doing all right. Yeah, doing all right. Bit of a rainy day, but I'm doing all good. Good, good. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. I mean, at the time that we're recording this, it is a little gloomy outside, and uh, that's why we want to take this day, this moment to pick you up because we know at the end of the day, coming up later down the road, somebody will be listening to this, and they'll see, oh, man, you know what? This is the episode that I needed. This is the ep- episode that was going to change the way that I feel today. And we hope that in the midst of us trying to change the way you feel, we also provide some great insight about different sports here in Denver um, and kind of, you know, begin to pique your interest about certain things that are coming up here down the road. So Yeah, maybe you've been having a rough day. Maybe you've had a long day at work. Maybe there's just some stuff going on. We're here to take you away from that for a little while. Exactly. Just a little, just a little bit of sports talk. All right, and, and, and Ty, you hit it right on the head. So we're going to spend the next 25 to 30 minutes taking you away from all of that, and we're going to dive right into something that has become quite the topic here um, as of recently within Denver sports and within national media because it's definitely – Unfortunately. Picked, yeah, yeah, I'm super unfortunate. It's, it's kind of one of those things where uh, where – unless you've been hiding under a rock, you already know where I'm headed with this. And the thing that I'm talking about is uh, Coach Nathaniel Hackett and his inability to game manage uh, properly and and how it's starting to affect the way that the offense is being ran, um, no matter the momentum that they have. So, you know, Ty, I want to start with you first, man. Um, There are so many ways to go. There are so many things, I mean, between the fourth down snafus, between some of the, uh, you know, the 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 punt return stuff. There's obviously goal line stuff. There's silly little, you know, uh, fullback end around, you know, shotgun weird stuff at the goal line. It's just all yeah. kinds of stuff. I, I don't even know where to begin. So I'll let you take it away from here as far as what you want to start with. And then we'll kind of devy into the heart of why this is happening and how long should it take for certain things like this to change? Uh, man, my read, honestly, is that none of the t- guys look ready. It's just that the team itself doesn't look ready, and that itself is a sign that this coaching staff just isn't ready for this kind of, of uh, this kind of responsibility. Like Coach Hackett, you know, even though he's he, he always says he comes from a coaching family, he's been around this his whole life. Even though he showed in the preseason that he does have an idea of how to clock manage, he does have some creativity. Like when the pressure's on, he's he's just kind of turns into a pumpkin, you know? It yeah, he, no, you're right. Like a lot of it is very disorganized. It's just that none of the guys is on the team when it comes to drops, when it comes to knowing their assignments, when it comes to just overall execution. None of the guys look necessarily ready. For the for the spotlight, they don't look ready. They don't look game ready for one reason or another. I'm not sure if that's a, a matter of like how they practice. I'm not sure that's a matter of how they operate. I'm not sure how that if that's just a matter of how they w- work in the classroom. It's just that they they don't seem ready right now. And honestly, I, I, I give it to about the bye week. Like if they don't, if they still look like this, if there's still shades of this by the bye week, I'm I am seriously worried about this coaching staff and by extension 
George Payton's entire tenure. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And, you know, I, I'll kind of piggyback right off of that last thing you said. And it's something that a lot of people really don't want to talk about is the potential of George Payton maybe even being on the hot seat because I always say he's done a great job. He's made the great draft picks. He's brought in the quarterback. Um, he, You know, he's brought in his coaching staff. And all of it has looked great. It's, it's on paper. It's looked great. But could this be the one smidge on his resume? Not that he didn't do his due diligence. It's, did he give someone the benefit of the doubt that they had not yet deserved? And that's kind of where the question would come in in regards to George Payton. I mean, when we look at this coaching staff overall, this coaching staff has the potential to be great. They have a lot of guys who have come from places where it's been a lot of grit and it's been a lot of grind to get where they're trying to go. And it is made for a group of guys who ultimately know that it's going to take a little bit more than a typical, you know, coaching staff to, to overcome some of its um, inexperienced deficiencies. Yeah. Right. So beyond that, you know, we go back to training camp and for those who, who may be unaware in regards to what happened is there were coaches and there were players that, you know, the media at the time couldn't really talk about, but there were coaches and players who for sure were not on board with the way that preseason was being ran. It's not so much that the starters didn't play, it's that they didn't play any during the preseason. Yeah. And it's, you know, whether that's one game, whether that's for a half, something, something to start to knock the rust off so that you can show those guys, hey, if you take this into the season, this is what's going to happen. It's easy to scheme up plays in practice when they know what's coming and you can be able to set up certain things where you are going to get the advantage. But what happens when you got to go against somebody who wants to take your advantages away from you, no matter what you think you're great at? And I think that's something that the Broncos did not take time to really come to grips with in the preseason, and it's starting to leak over into the season now. And honestly, I think it goes back to training camp as well, running all those installs, and none of, this, none of the players really look installed. They don't, the timing doesn't look crisp. It doesn't look cohesive you know exactly yeah and, and that's also a ma- uh, factor of not playing in the preseason even for a series like a lot of these guys i mean kareem jackson even said yeah we probably should have played a little in the preseason because they don't really have their timing down they don't have their communication down they don't have their 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 uh responsibilities down yeah no it, it, you're spot on and i think is is definitely showing itself and for you know I'm I'm trying not to be super critical, but the bottom line is if you are Nathaniel Hackett and you're trying to figure out how to get out of your own way, I think it's to first understand that what worked in Green Bay isn't going to work in Denver. He was fortunate enough to have a head coach who could juggle all of that stuff and call the plays. All he needed Nathaniel Hackett to do was to manage the offense ultimately in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And then Aaron Rodgers was so seasoned and he's so good. He's so just gifted. He's he's a true godsend as far as what he possesses on the field, the way he thinks, the way he acts, the way he's able to do things that most other quarterbacks can't. That I think sometimes it begins to handicap you that you begin to think that, oh, I have a similar talent of the sorts. 
All I have to do is get them equated with what I'm trying to do, make sure they understand my lingo, and then we're just going to go out there and it's just going to be like backyard football. We right. know that he doesn't think like that, but it's the way that he acts. It's the perception of everything. And I think if you are the Denver Broncos, you have to come back down to earth. And it, I think if you're Coach Hackett, you have to step up because as the Broncos are starting to realize that what they were expected to do in the preseason isn't really going to play out that way here in the season. And I think Coach Hackett is starting to recognize that his inefficiencies in regards to play calling, in regards to the number of people are uh, in his ear constantly between all of the stuff that he has to manage on all three phases of 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 the game that he hasn't had in the past, you know, in multiple press conferences, he said, "Hey, I got it. You know, I can manage it. You know, this is this is me. This is I, I can handle this. You know, I, I'm I, I've you know been ready for this." And we have heard the same thing from George Payton. Growing pains are okay, right? You know, all all new yeah. head coaches go through them. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has detailed some of his, and there, you know, Sean McVay talked about some things he would want to change. You know, these are some of the greatest offensive innovators in the game right now. And so, if Coach Hackett also wants to be a part of that bill as a head coach, he's going to have to learn that either devy up some of the responsibilities so that you can be a great manager of all things, or be such a great manager of offense and devy up the responsibilities of the special teams and the defensive stuff strictly to those coaches, and you just allow the offense and the time management to be on you. But you can't have so much going on that you begin to lose sight of everything. And it puts him in position sometimes where he looks like more of a spectator than he does a head coach. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail right on the head because, honestly, these two games need to humble Coach Hackett because he – it's not like it can be like Green Bay. Green Bay is the most is the winningest program, the winningest organization over the last three years in the NFL, and it's just not going to be like that here in Denver. Denver has been a loser for the last five years, right? Like he, there has to be a major culture change because the Broncos right now they're they have a loser culture. They find ways to lose games. They find ways to blow blow games, and that and that's a part of it. Hackett really does need to just step away and focus on game management for the late game stuff. He needs to really consider, okay, what do I need to do to keep this, to keep the ship afloat for here? Keep the ship afloat for this. What do I need to do to, to close this game out? Right. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, if, to kind of shift gears here, I think the biggest thing when it comes to Coach Hackett is um, it's not – you know, that he is inexperienced. He's not the first inexperienced coach to ever coach a team. It's it's him thinking that things are going to change while also staying the same. And, you know, when you're trying to come in and you're trying to shift a culture, you have culture builders and culture changers on your team already. Most of your captains are that. My biggest right. thing as the head coach is – You've got to implement something that makes them want to take this so serious that if they don't, it will make them feel like they're failing. And at times it feels as if the players are a little too coddled. And it's not to say that he doesn't want them to feel that way or that they shouldn't feel that way. It's to feel that way and then not put your foot down in certain moments. Like I know he has a different style, than most coaches, but 
it's knowing when to kind of flip that switch because now is the time not to flip it on your players, but to trust that they are going to step up to the plate because they are culture changers. But it's going to be on you to implement a a a a system a a a a, a aura that says it's either you change or you are not going to be here. Yeah, I mean, he, he can't just be the strict players coach. He can't be the happy, happy, joy, joy guy. Can't he, be, he, man. He, like, he, he has to be the bad cop sometimes. He has to put his foot down and be the re- responsible parent, so to speak, right? There has to be consequences. There has to be reprimands. Like, it's knowing that your players, that the people you're responsible for, that sometimes some things aren't right. You have to teach them. You can't just be their friend. Yeah, no, absolutely. So so beyond that, I would just go on to say to your point, Ty, is, you know, when parents are trying to figure out how they want to, you know, go about raising their kids, a lot of it is built around, you know, whether it's where they came from or the things that they're used to or maybe it's the things that they that happened to them when they were young that they were like, I totally don't want to do that when I become a parent, you know, is is basically – what I'm saying in in a nutshell is is based off of past experiences, right. and I think he is letting too much of his past experiences leak over into now. And is in most cases, you use your past experience as okay. I want to take what I learned and build on it. But in this case, I think he is allowing it to confuse him because you know you have all of these requisite weapons at your disposal, and all of that is great, but. What happens when it causes you to start to overthink the little things, things that should be easy, the things that should come natural? What happens when that happens? Now you become incompetent. And when you become incompetent, whether by accident or on purpose, now the value that you had coming in starts to get polluted and diluted just a little bit. And it starts to change the course of where this team could go and what people think about you. Right, right. And, of course, that goes... Uh, talking back to your past experience comment, like uh, Hackett's comment about I don't like the preseason, like that's that's a matter of taking past experience and completely trying to avoid avoid it. Uh, right. Taking a past experience and letting it rule you instead of learning fr- from it and confronting it. You know, it, it's it's really a matter of of like really trying to overthink and adding too many moving parts. But the but the problem with that is too many moving parts. There's more of a likelihood of there are more points of failure when there's more moving parts, right? Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And I think I think that's that's kind of where, if I'm being honest, that's kind of where it can get interesting, you know, where yeah. it's just like you look at everything, you kind of begin to, to look at the the tenure, you look at the tone of everything, and it 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 makes you wonder. Not so much can he handle it, but can he handle it all right now? Um, right. Is there a part of him that he knows deep down inside that he still has to grow towards? That's kind of where it gets interesting, you know, because the bottom line is if you are coaching Nathaniel Hackett, then you begin to wonder ultimately, what am I doing so wrong that I can't even master the things that should be easy that I normally would get right on a typical day-to-day basis. Right, right. And when that doubt creeps in, it's it's, it's game over. Like, th- then the problem starts compiling, and the way he's been handling them, it, it, it'll it just keep snowballing and to the point where it'll be... It, it'll 
just be catatonic, like, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So let let me ask you this. Um, you know, so this is this is at the moment that you guys are listening to this, this is early on in the Broncos season. Um, this is obviously way before they get to their bye week, so this is kind of towards the beginning of the season. And so, Ty, I want to ask you, do you think that this coaching uh, staff and do you think that this team can kind of change the course of where they're going? It's not that at this moment that you're listening to this or that it's being recorded that they're bad. It's the expectations of what was supposed to be for them that they're not ultimately reaching right now. Do you think they can get there? Uh, well, well, honestly, I think I think we should have always tempered the expectations a little bit, considering that literally everything from top to bottom, save for the general manager, is new. Right. Um, and especially considering the division is so so stacked, the rest of the conference is so stacked, right? Uh, but honestly, I I think they can get to a. I think they can get their head above water. I think they can get keep their head above water for the season. But I don't think they think they're going to go necessarily to the dance this season. I, I think that'll t- take time. I think it'll take a season of learning, a season of adjustment, a season of culture building, a season of improvement to the overall roster itself. Right? Because, let, let's be honest, this this same roster, this was a loser roster, just with a few more tweaks this year, coming into this year. Right? Right. Uh, it's going to take some time. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, man. Um, I saw an article that, that said, and I think they summed it up perfectly, they said the Broncos need to take advantage now because when they get into the heart of their AFC West schedule, they're not going to take it as easy on them. And I mm-hmm. think that's important because the Broncos, I think, have kind of started at the gates kind of like how can it's kind of like a wobbly bowling ball that's trying to hit some pins, but you're trying to hit, you're trying to spin it and make it hit ten, but in reality, it's curving and only hitting two. And it's it's kind of one of those situations where it's like you're trying to tweak the process on the fly, which that's a part of the game in itself. But ultimately, it it's making you look on the surface that you don't know what you're doing internally. Like if we were to go over to the UC Health training facility right now over in Inglewood, Colorado, and we asked every player, "Hey, how do you, how confident do you feel that you guys will get this thing back on track?" They'll, they'll, half of them will probably say it's not off track, and then the other half will say, hey, you know, we're just getting started, you know, give us some time, right? So, you know, my biggest thing is, right, on the surface, that all looks good, but also on the surface, what we're seeing, you know, just from not inside of that building is that you guys don't know. And sometimes when you think you know, you don't really know that you don't know until somebody brings it to your awareness that you don't know. And if you're the Broncos, you got to wake up out of that little lull that you spoke about, about this losing, that this cloud that's over them that also happens to be over us on the day that this thing is, it, that this podcast is being recorded. Um, you have to get out of that. You have to get over that. You have to kind of start to create something different. And it starts with getting out of your own way. Right, and and I think that's the biggest thing for this for the Broncos right now. They have to just step back, you know, not overthink things, and just keep it simple. Just do the common sense stuff. Just focus on the game situations. Keep it simple. Don't try and be cute. Just focus on just doing it the simplest way they can, and just focus on just play to your strengths. Run the ball on some more uh, on defense. Do what you can through the injuries. Just send, send as many guys as you can. 
just focus on a good pass rush, letting your guys in the secondary play to their strengths, right? Right. It's, uh, you know, on special teams, just if the return of the game's not working, then just get it booted out of the end zone. Just keep keep it real simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it comes down to is you definitely got to keep it simple. And I, it's kind of oh. one of those unique yeah. – yeah. Yeah, make it easy on yourself. Right, right. And and it's it's one of those scenarios where, you know, if you – like you said, Ty, if you just keep it simple, man, I think it, it, it simply begins to eliminate all of the little things that continues to plague itself. Right. Just just like that whole, whole moving parts thing. Just like in engineering. The more parts you have, the more points of failure you have, right? Right. Just – yeah, just make it easy on yourself. You you don't necessarily have to prove yourself as the offensive genius innovator right now. You just have to prove yourself as a winning coach. You just have to prove yourself as the guy who can change the culture here. You you can earn that the rest later. Yep, yep. And and, and that's the thing that has to be understood is that you know Rome wasn't built in a day. Uh, you know the 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 Berlin. Wall wasn't built in a day. I mean, like, there's so many things I used to make that analogy happen. But the point I'm getting at here is um, nothing great happens overnight. And, and it's going to be up to Coach Nathaniel Hackett and his staff to kind of recognize that no one is asking you guys to be great off the bat. But what is being asked of you guys is to recognize that you're going to have to change if you want to create something that is going to supersede uh, what you see as the norm, and the norm is just getting to the playoffs. Is well, in the Broncos' case, you know, losing. But right. it, most people's norm is just getting to the playoffs. You know, we made it here. You know, we'll we'll figure out how can we get over the hump. We'll just keep working, working, working. In order to get above that norm, you're going to have to make things simple. Get out of your own way. Remember that you have great players, but you're still building. And until you get to that point, and until you get some real-life stripes and some real-life wounds on your belt and kind of toughen your skin a little bit, you're going to be just fine. I know Aaron Rodgers, in an interview with Pat, with Pat McAfee a while back, um, he talked about how he's not worried about Coach Hackett and his team because, first off, he's, he's he was reiterating that Coach Hackett, he has, you know, some, some pretty thick skin, and I know that's cold for he's had to deal with me, so I know he can handle a lot. That's right. not the issue. And when nobody ever said that he didn't have tough skin, the biggest thing is how can you take that thick skin, that tough skin, that 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 the stuff that you've already gone through, recognize that you're going to have to go through a little bit more now that you're in a different and higher seat so that you can take all of your experience and then begin to cultivate it into winning. You're not going to be able to get to the pinnacle without doing going through a little bit of of tr- of tribulation first. I mean, Sean McVay was one of the few that was able to do it, but it w- his path is so unique that I don't think there will ever be another coach who can do what he did. Even after the Super Bowl, even after getting to the Super Bowl, right. he had to go through some tribulations, and it kind of helped him to recognize that in order to build what we want to build, we got to go through this thing and we got to go through it properly so that we can be able to be all that we want to be. Now, their system is different. All they want to do is just get players who can win now. But in the Broncos' case, they want to get players that can build for the future and get players that can win now. That's always a little bit tougher when you're trying to find that right chemistry. Right, right, right. Just as long as this coaching staff, thick skin is fine, but as long as they don't have thick heads, right? 
As long as they're not <laughs> bullheaded, as long as they don't, they're not stubborn, as long as they, they can learn. Right. right? That's, that's, that's all we want. That's, we just want some forward momentum. We want some forward progress, right? Right, yeah. And I think yeah, that's we want, the thing. Yeah, and, and we want some players who can win from now on, right? That, that's the whole, whole, whole purpose. Because we, like, we have some win now pieces. We have Russ now. We have, you know, we have Randy Gregory. But we want some pieces that can win from now on. I think you hit the nail right on the head. We want people who can win from now on, not just people who we think can win with us when we get there. You know, and and so in the midst of building towards now on, it starts right now. Yeah. You know, because you got certain players that have to, uh, they have to go through multiple baths to get some of the losing off, and that may take some time. That may take three to four to five years, which. If they need that, that's fine. Um, but we can't wait on you to get that stench off of you. We have to take what's right here in front of us because this window is so short that if we don't capitalize here within the next two to three years as far as not just getting into the playoffs but even getting in position to get in that Super Bowl, then I think the Broncos will begin to start to see what was one of the greatest moments in NFL history with the Russell Wilson trade, you know, kind of slowly fade away into the sunset. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, beyond that, man, um, I'll say there's one last thing, and then we'll we'll transition as we are getting ready to, uh, you know, give give you guys our last five minutes here. The Broncos know that there's no doubt that they are going to achieve great things. They believe it. And, you know, me and Ty sitting here believe it. The other producers believe it as well. But the biggest thing beyond belief is execution. Without execution, belief means nothing. Um, I mean, you know, I don't know, you know, for those who may be spiritual listening to this podcast, you know, it's like faith without works is dead. It's the same exact thing. And so it's it's one of those situations where you can believe a lot of things. You can have a gajillion philosophies. But if you're not willing to put the work in for the sake of execution, then whenever it's time to execute, don't be surprised when you're not as prepared as you think you should be because the bottom line is there's nothing that will overcome hard work because the bottom line is hard work sets the standard for everything else that's going to be added unto you. And I think that's something that Coach Nathaniel Hackett has to keep in mind is that there's nothing that's going to beat the work. You may not like preseason. You may not like a lot of things. You may not like cheese on your burger. You may not like ice cream on your ice cream cone. You may just like the cone. I don't care. There's just certain things that you have to go through, certain things you have to experience in order to get the execution that you're looking for, and you're not going to get that without putting in the work. And it's going to be on Coach Nathaniel Hackett to break those traditions that he has about where he's come from that he thought would work here and begin to build the ones that would work here that goes far beyond anything that he would think would work from his past because his past is not fully his present, but his present doesn't, he doesn't want that to dictate his future as far as future jobs, future opportunities. He has to change the way he's thinking, change the way that he's going about it so that he can begin to be all that he can be for his future. Yeah, no comment. You hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just kind of wanted to say that I wanted to get that out there and just kind of, you know, say that to Coach Hackett. And, and I know, well, not know, but I hope that you guys would agree with me on that. Um, so we're going to take a, a couple of minutes here and we're going to talk about the Colorado Avalanche. As currently, they are 
in their training camp. They are they are going through the 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 the, the ramping up process yep. as we talk about the work. Um, they're going through the ramping up process now as they're in training camp slash preseason mode. The guys are back. They're healthy. They're ready to rock and roll. And you know now it's their turn to get on the road to a, another Stanley Cup to see if they can go back to back. They got a lot of the great pieces uh, back in, and so it's now all about everyone getting on the same page. You know, at the point that this was recorded, Nathan McKinnon he just signed his eight-year, one hundred point eight million dollar contract extension for a twelve point six AAV. <sighs> Man. Love that petty, petty, petty number. Hey, same here, man. Same here. <laughs> at the time that he at this that this is being recorded, he is the highest play, highest paid player in the NHL, and by one hundred thousand dollars a year. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, if you're Connor McDavid, aren't you on the phone with your agent? Like, uh, I think it's time to rework my deal. <laughs> right, right, but, and I'm sure the agent agrees, but. I, th- I think the others are going to say, get, get us a cup first, then we'll talk. Oh, yeah, that is very true. But even he knows they got to go through the Colorado Avalanche first. Yep. So with that being said, Ty, you know, just give us, you know, a couple of your expectations for the Avalanche, not just to prepare to go back to back, but just to begin to continue to build on what, they, what they've already accomplished so far. Uh, honestly, I, th- I believe the expectations for the Avs, like globally, like generally, is should be – about the same. They should be Stanley Cup contenders. They should be major contenders. They should make a deep uh, cup run because honestly, they're they're about the same. Their roster is largely untouched. They've gotten a lot of role players to fix to really fill fill the holes on the roster left by any departures. Uh, and honestly, they might have even gotten better at one particular position. It, it's all up in the air with with Georgiev, but you know, prospectively, he does have the potential to be better than than uh, Kemper. But uh, yeah, uh, and honestly, it, it, they sh- they should make a deep run because the rest of the West got a little weaker. Like it, s- some key players left uh, St. Louis, some uh, the Oilers. They didn't get terribly better. And I mean, the, the biggest threat in the West is Calgary because they got Calgary, they got Huberdeau from the Panthers. They got a lot of key pieces after Johnny Gaudreau left. Right. Yeah, I, I think you're. I think you hit the nail on the head. It is. Understanding that you know the the pieces and the teams uh, around you aren't as strong as they have been uh, leading into the, the 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 promised land that you're currently living in, so it's going to be up to the Colorado Avalanche to to make the most of that. So you know my expectations for the Colorado Avalanche this season is just keep doing what you're doing. You have one of the greatest top lines. I think in the history of the NHL, I mean, between mm-hmm. Kale McCard, Devon Taves, Nathan McKinnon, uh, you have Gabriel Landeskogin, and it all depends on who you want to put there. You want to put Lekin in, you want to put Renton in. Either way, you got speed and you got toughness on each yeah, and every side. That they have that versatility. They have those options. Right, exactly. You know, and I think this team is is built to go three lines deep, bare minimum. And I think when you have a team this deep, a team this strong, a team this fast, they can play any game that you want to play, and it doesn't matter. And you think about what the Colorado Avalanche can achieve in regards to the potential going back-to-back. Um, I think the Avs have to keep in mind that, honestly, there's going to be a lot of people gunning from you, particularly out east. 
And every time you go out east and every time you play a team out east, they know they're not going to see you as often as they would if they were in a series with you. So they're going to give you all that they have. And the teams in the west are going to try to be a little chippier than they have in the past because they know if they can attempt, should I say, to bully you, that it begins to slowly but surely wear you down and even the playing field. Now, this team, because of the woes they've gone through and the players they have now, have gotten a lot tougher. But they have to remember that it's all about building off of what you had last year. You don't have the troubles. You don't have the woes you had last year if you uh, aren't trying to accomplish something great. And because you've accomplished that great thing, that winning the Stanley Cup championship, that elusive thing that's been you know, chasing you for the last 21 years, you got it. But now the target is really on your back. And there's no one is going to show any mercy to you if you're the Colorado Avalanche. It's going to be on Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr as the two faces of this team to kind of really begin to take that next step and begin to elevate their game in a way that almost makes them invincible. Like when they step on the ice, it should begin to put a new level of fear in guys. That has to start this season if the Avs are going to take that next step. The supporting cast, they're going to support as best they know how. But those two guys specifically are going to have to become almost invincible. I mean, better than better. They're already top five, top ten players in the league. You're going to almost have to play at a level of your one-two to be able to get where you're trying to go and to be able to go back-to-back, let alone three-peat, and to be able to create something bigger and better than what Tampa Bay was on the road of trying to accomplish before they kind of lost a few pieces this past offseason. Right, right. And it, that will be interesting. I think that'll be the the storyline of the season for the Avs. Like, because last year, they had something to chase. They had a major chip on the shoulder. They got bounced in the playoffs to a team they really should not have lost to. But now they're the favorite. They have expectations of going forward. They don't have that cloud hanging over their head. They don't have that desire, that hunger. That but now they have all the expectations. Now they're the top dog to build on that. And how they handle that, and how they handle becoming the Avalanche, becoming the team, will be the what something to watch. Like kind of like how the Lightning became the Lightning. Right, you're absolutely right on that, man. Um, and I could, not only can I agree with you, I can go a step further to say that in order to become the Avs version of the Avs that was then the Lightning's version of the Lightning in regards to the modern day, you're going to have to know that no matter what obstacles come against you, that you have to weather the storm while also creating the storm, as Bednar would say from last season. And as long as you keep that in mind, that you apply the pressure, not allow the pressure to be applied on you, you will be successful in some shape, form, or fashion. Yes, absolutely. And so with that being said, we want to thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of the Producers Podcast. It's been another great episode. My man Ty, he killed it, man. He gave some great insight today. I know it made you guys giggle because it made me laugh. That's for darn sure. And, you know, at the end of the day, man, we just want to come on here, have some fun, talk some sports, just kind of pull you away from the monotony of the day and just kind of be able to allow you to kind of just feel free and just listen to great sports talk via podcast and to be able to know that when you come here, it's going to be a great time. Yeah, just you're among friends here. You're among friends here. Just listen to a little bit of bar talk. It's it's all good. It's all, all, it's all right here. You're safe here. Exactly. So thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode. I am KJ. Like I said, that's my man Ty. 
And uh, you guys stay tuned, man. We got great things coming up here soon. Uh, I can't really get into it, but trust me, we're 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 about to get ready and do some really great things in regards to this podcast and where we plan on going from here. So, again, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode.